14 edition of the Prepare My Mission podcast, where our mission is to equip you for an effective mission trip abroad. We do that here by having honest conversations about what it looks like to live out our faith, not only on the international mission field, but here at home as well. In addition to these honest conversations, we'll bring you relevant and interesting stories from the world of missions and answers to your questions. Sitting across from me is my wife, Terry. Hey, everybody. I'm your host, CJ. And in this episode, we're starting by discussing some interesting stories, including the craziest statistic you'll hear about missions in North America and two big reasons why evangelism isn't working. Uh, After that, we'll jump into our featured conversation, which is three questions to ask yourself to tell if you're ready for a mission trip. Finally, we'll be answering a listener's question, is it okay to leave gifts with locals on the last day of my mission trip? So with that, let's get started. But first, before we jump into our first news story... It's October, and uh, first, thanks for the great response to last month's podcast. Uh, We shared our story on last month's podcast, if you missed it. Uh, Kind of interesting, kind of not interesting. (laughs) It's a mixed bag. Uh, But a couple, we got we got several emails and Mm -hmm. you know people responding, so we appreciate that. Um, You know, we're we're kind of in this with you in in a way, you know, sharing our story and our background. Like we've done some of these things, but it's also our story is very much in process. Right. And I hope you kind of felt that a little bit. Um, second, mm-hmm. uh, sh- small announcement that Terry doesn't even know I'm going to make here. Mm. This is our last podcast oh, mm-hmm. in this apartment. Mm, yeah. I knew where you were going with that. Uh, <laughs> so th- th- we're not ending the podcast, but this is our last podcast in this. And we, we record every month in our living room here. We've got our microphones that we pull out of the laundry room, which I can see because <laughs> it's attached to our living room. Um, and so we are working on moving. Hopefully soon we're closing on a house at the end of October here. Uh, hopefully, if all goes well. And that means we'll be moving into a space larger than a couple hundred square feet. And mm-hmm. we'll have more room to set up for podcasting right. and you know it, it'll be a lot better so good things are happening yes. uh, we're moving forward in life a little bit here uh last thing mm-hmm. before we move on october mm-hmm. is national t-shirt month is it really no no i just made that up no. but oh. <laughs> um so but this is our sponsor message our podcast is brought to you by a sweet t-shirt. And if you've listened to before, uh, you've heard of our first t-shirt, which is the nation's tea, but this one's different. We have a brand new t-shirt called the world tea. Uh, and it's a t-shirt that if you can picture it features a globe, uh, and there's a plane on it kind of flying around the world. And it has the words into all the world written across the chest. And it's a phrase that's designed to remind us of Mark 16, 15, Uh, When Jesus instructs us to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to all creation. Mm -hmm. So if you check out preparemymission.com slash world, you can watch a really neat video. You can get a tour of our tiny apartment (laughs) here because we shot most of it in our apartment. You can watch a really neat video about this video about the shirt. And then if you like it, you can uh, support us by buying it and you can... uh, 
you can wear something that means something more than your Nike t-shirt or your mm -hmm. affliction t-shirt that's two sizes too small anyways. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's our sponsor message. We will, thanks for putting up with that. Uh, we will move on to uh, our news stories now, so keep listening. Let's go ahead and jump into those interesting news stories. But before we get started, if you want to read any of these articles yourself that we're about to kind of go through, you can visit preparemymission.com slash podcast and click on these really cool hyperlinks to read all of this stuff yourself. So we'll mention that again at the end of the podcast, but links to everything are there. So go cool. for it. Awesome. Okay. So my article is from christiantoday.com. It's called uh, The Craziest Statistic You'll Read About North American Missions. So it's basically, uh, well, the statistic first is okay. one. You didn't build this up very much. You, you got a <laughs> drum roll. Jump, jumping right the in. craziest statistic uh -huh. in North American missions um, is one out of every five non Christians. One out of it, okay. Mm -hmm, in North America, mm -hmm. doesn't know any Christians. And they, you know, what they mean by know is have, you know, friendship with. Right. So. Todd Johnson, a missiologist, a mission. Sure. I don't know what that is. Missionologist. But, well, it's not mission. It's like mi missiologist cool. or something. Miss. Anyway, he did a study on global Christianity and found that twenty percent of non-Christians in North America do not personally know any Christians. Wow. Which is twenty percent is thirteen point four million people, mm. or the size of L.A. or Istanbul. <laughs> Those are two very random cities. <laughs> That's what they put in there, which I thought that was I, I funny. Was, I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking the second city would also be in North America, but, I but know. no. Well, yeah, I know. That's funny. L.A. and... Istanbul. <laughs> um, like but L.A. No. and Atlanta or something <laughs> like that, but no. Um, so this 20% includes atheists and ag agnostics. Um, they And they state that without them, without that group included, the number rises actually to 60% of non-Christians that don't have relationships wow. with Christians. Because most atheists or agnostics, maybe not most, I mean, that's I don't want to make that assumption, but right. they say a lot of them were Christians possibly at one point and have still have you know right. relationship mm -hmm. with Christians. So um, so they state the big, one of the biggest factor is immigration. Hmm. And so they're saying that the U.S. attracts more Buddhists, atheists, and agnostic immigrants than any other part of the world. Do we just attract more immigrants in general than any other part of the world? I don't know about that. I mean, they, they don't address I mean, it's just that. an interesting thought. I would thought. think so. You know, I mean... America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's that, your raspy voice? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but your guess, bubba voice? Yeah. Guess <clears throat> what um, we rank second for immigration. What... Religion. So, okay, oh, so, so Buddhist, the first one was Buddhist, Buddhist atheist, and agnostic. And, and that's all the first one? Mm -hmm, we're the highest for those. And then we rank second for two others. Yes. Oh, what I would see you what you're say? saying. You what it, took, it took me a minute Sorry. to figure out what you were saying there. I'm asking you to guess. What do you think we rank second in? Jews. Uh-huh, Jewish. And Scientologists. No. <laughs> Oh, that's a they say it it's is a religion, real, but isn't but Tom no. Cruise? Yes. Tom Hanks? No, Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but no, Hindu is the other one. Hmm. And then we rank. Uh, guess what we rank for Muslim immigrants? Oh man, it's in the top ten. Five. Nope, seven. <laughs> so 
needless to say, um, we do attract quite a few other religions, you know, as far right. as immigration. So um, basically this article talks about how this creates a separation between religious groups because um, they come here and they move into their enclaves and they don't venture out. And then they move into caves. <laughs> enclaves. What I'm in a weird mood. No, enclaves. Enclaves. It's like a. a... <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay. Um, and then I'm so just they. <laughs> so so they move there and they don't really venture out, you know. And then we as Christians who live near these, you know, they use Chinatowns and little Italy's of the world. You know, these areas where these immigrants tend to go. You know. Um, Mingle. They, yeah, and, they, they kind of congregate. Yeah, congregate. That's what I was looking for. But we as Christians don't venture in. So right. what ends up happening is is there just, you know, maintains this gap. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, I'm assuming that <laughs> I'm assuming that most of America is like <laughs> us or in our area. Probably a little over the top. Mm -hmm. But but you know, you definitely have communities of you know, of uh, Indian people, and then you have communities mm -hmm. of, you know... It, it, they stick together. Yeah, I mean... Or they find e they seem to find each other. You know, you find... You you hang out with people that are like you right. and that tend to look like you, even if, you know, you, you don't intentionally do that. Right. It's just kind of, you know... It's I mean, natural. It, yeah, it's, yeah, because you're in the same, you know, you're going through the same things, right. same seasons of life, you know. Mm -hmm. um, cultures same. I mean, yeah, the it, cultures, it's harder to so cross it, cultures, you know? Right. It's tough. And, you know, the article really just kind of pushes on the fact that we as Christians seem to be so apathetic towards bridging that, that gap. Yeah, and kind of curry upsets my stomach. Yeah. So it's just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, CJ. Um, so basically, you know, have we or have we not become athletic and befriending these other cultures, you know? And, right. Um, what does it say about Christians in America that one out of every five non-Christians don't even have relationship with Christian, you know? And um, it, it, it tends to show that we, you know, this is a quote from the article, that we hide in our own evangelical ghetto, Essentially, we send our kids to Christian schools. We go to and attend churches that we um, we know will be welcoming <laughs> right. to to what we accept and what we believe and what we think, um, you know. And just that there needs to be a push for us to focus on planning and connecting with immigrants throughout community service programs and just trying to find ways to bridge this gap, right. you know. And does the article offer any suggestions? No, well, I mean, they, they uh, you know, a few here and there, like, um, you know, they, they say inviting a, a foreign exchange student to your home at Thanksgiving, you know, things like that help you bridge those gaps, you know. It would be interesting to do one time. Yeah. And, you know, I remember when I was in college, uh, you know, the all the foreign exchange students were housed in one, you know, dorm, essentially. Right. Uh, we used to, the ministry I was involved in, we used to try and include them and invite them and stuff. And. I mean, some of them were just awesome, you know, but it, right. it's, it you had to get past that initial, okay, it's a little awkward. I don't know how to connect you. Have with to, you you, you know? have to, I think you, you have to learn to be interested in other cultures. Right. I think that's what, you know, it's like it, we love to travel because we love to experience new things and new cultures and see how other people live. That's one of the fun things about missions is mm -hmm. all the travel. Um, but to learn how to take that, uh, that desire mm -hmm. and point it in, you know, within your own city and say, man, I'd love to, you know, 
uh, you know, I'd love to learn about, you know, that culture and right. insert yourself a little bit more. So, I mean, when you, when you hang out with people from new places, you, you naturally just ask them a bunch of questions right. Uh, about where they're from and their story and mm-hmm. everything like that. And it's really engaging. Right. And to remind yourself that that's all around you and to right. ser- search that out, I think is would be a huge right. way to apply this. Yeah, I agree. Um, the last quote I wanted to mention is that they just kind of make the statement that, um, you know, America is suffering from a serious deficit of hospitality. Mm. You know, I thought that was a really interesting statement because, you know, in Scripture, we're, we're called to be hospitable, you know, and open our homes to people. And, and how far from that is America in general, you know? Right. Nobody know. you know, I'm not giving out my address or I'm not going to, you know, you're not going to step into my home. You know, it's just a very... You're not going to step into my home. <laughs> but we've become, we're so private, you know, and we're so closed off to the right. outside walls. And um, so the challenge is, as Christians in America... What can we do, you know, or what do we do? Well, I have my article Mm -hmm. unintentionally Mm. kind of builds off of that. Um, We search for articles separately, and it just so happens that this is this kind of uh, bounces off that pretty well. This is an article from DesiringGod.org, which I'm going to guess most people have heard of. Uh, but, uh, I need to read it more, man. There's some really good stuff. stuff. They have a really good looking website too. (laughs) They recently redid it. It's really clean, like it a lot. Um, So the article is called Two Big Reasons Evangelism Isn't Working. So this builds on yours. Mm -hmm. One in five Americans don't believe in a deity, so they don't believe in any kind of God or anything like that. And less than half of Americans uh, attend religious services on a regular basis. Uh, And the article kind of starts out with that. And then it says, while a person's response to Christ is ultimately a matter uh, that rests in God's hands, you know, and something we don't have control over, Mm -hmm. a person's hearing of the gospel Mm -hmm. is a matter we do have control over and responsibility for. Right. Uh, And then it it builds on that uh, and reinforces that with uh, a verse from Colossians 4, uh, which is 5 through 6, which says, let your speech always be gracious seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Hmm. Uh, it talks about how we need, in another verse it mentions is a, a Timothy verse, you know, mm-hmm. you need to be ready in season uh, and yeah. out of season. Right. So there's that one too. So the two big reasons why evangelism isn't working. So that's okay. kind of the buildup. The first one uh, is our evangelism isn't believable because it isn't done in grace for each person. So he's going back and referencing that first verse. Yeah. Um, so in that verse, Paul instructs us on how we should evangelize. Let your speech always be gracious, gracious, seasoned with salt, so you may know how you ought to answer each, each person, person about right. your, your faith. So the first reason it isn't believable because it isn't done in grace for each person. Hmm. And he goes on to offer a couple of examples, which I thought were very interesting. Uh, he says, I'm reminded of passive uh, Christian who looks at getting Jesus off of his chest at work and into a conversation, just kind of inserting himself mm-hmm. or um, or the comment section on a blog post he mm-hmm. references yeah. where uh, you, you're, quote unquote, evangelizing by trolling blogs and kind of mm-hmm. defeating arguments in the comments. Right. Um, and then even like he mentions, uh, like Jehovah's Witnesses that come mm-hmm. to your door. But these situations, 
these he says these approaches are foolish because they treat people like projects to be completed, mm. not people to be loved. That's and that so was true. A, that was such yeah. a a phrase that you know uh, was really powerful. That when you're at work and you're almost like I'm trying to get it, I'm trying gotta, to get get that in yeah, there. Yeah, get that in there for the or day. Or like yeah. you know you. You read a blog post and you see someone's snarky comment that you can respond to. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I nailed you yeah, there. I right. got you. And, and then same with Jehovah's. You feel like they're they're going door to door to mm-hmm. check off a box like, all right, you know what? Right. I got that one. Uh, that one's done. Hmm. Um, uh, but again, it says, you know, uh, people, you know, that's treating people like projects, right. not people to be loved. Um yeah, so he says you don't feel loved, you feel used, like a like a pressure mm-hmm. sale, like right. you're being trying to be sold on something. So he goes on to say how we should shift our focus. Okay. So Paul says, know how you ought to answer each person. Mm-hmm. This means that most of your gospel explanations will be different person Depending to person, person rather than canned. Yeah. It also implies listening evangelism, which is kind of a step deeper uh, on mm-hmm. this idea is that how can we respond to each person if we don't know each person? So It's more about investing in the person individually than it is about quantity. To cap off how we're supposed to flip this first reason why evangelism isn't working, he says, uh, when Francis Schaeffer was asked how he would spend an hour with a non-Christian, he said, I would listen for 55 minutes and then in the last five minutes I would have something to say Mm. which I thought was really really insightful that's so good and you know what that does too or makes me feel I feel like that takes so much pressure off of the situation it does we put so much pressure on okay I gotta I gotta know the I gotta know this I gotta make sure I get this in there you know their response is all about what I what I share and how I say it and so much of it is not I mean it's just that takes so much pressure off of us. Right. You know, to it's have just so, more of investing to in a have person. have something to say right then and there. Yeah. Instead of Make just sure like, it's the you right know what? thing. And did, did I say it's it okay. clearly? Did, yeah. You know, do they get it? It's okay if after two minutes of conversation, you haven't, you know, bought into right. what I believe, you know? Yeah. So the second mm-hmm. reason, did all that make sense? Yeah, that was great. Okay. The second reason, this is going to sound a little fun- funky. Second reason people find our evangelism unbelievable is because... It is foolish. Mm-hmm. They don't buy into what we're doing. Why It's not working because it is foolish. Mm-hmm. So, and he kind of backs that up by saying, Paul isn't just telling us that evangelism is personal, you know, seasoned with salt, with grace. That's very personal. He's telling us to do it with wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know what? Let me go back to, I don't even know if I copied and pasted the whole verse, but the whole Colossians 4, 5 through 6 says, walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer mm. each person. So I don't even know. I think I yeah, skipped yeah, that first part. We well, that in there. there it is. <laughs> um, so that's where that builds off of that. Mm-hmm. So Paul isn't just telling us evangelism is personal. He's telling us to do it with wisdom. And he says, this is a quote from the, the article, Wisdom possesses more than knowledge. It expresses knowledge through understanding. Follow along. It considers life circumstances and applies knowledge with skill. And this is what I love, even if you didn't get all that. Mm-hmm. Another word for this is love. Oh, yeah. Love is inefficient. It slows down long enough to understand people and their objections to the gospel 
Love recognizes that people are complex and meets them in their need. Mm. Uh, meets them in their suffering, their despair, their indifference, which I think is huge, yeah. their cynicism, and their confusion. Mm. We should look to surface these objections in people's lives. Rehearsing a memorized fact, Jesus died on the cross for your sins, isn't walking in wisdom. Many people don't know what we mean when we say Jesus, sin, cross. While much of America still has cultural memory of these things, they are often misunderstood and confused with moral teacher or be good or irrelevant suffering. Mm. We have to slow down long enough to explore what they mean and what they have trouble with uh, as far as these words and concepts go. Often they are tied to some kind of pain. Uh, Let's see here. Okay, this is the sum up Mm -hmm. phrase. We need to explain these important truths, not simply assert them. If we, we need to see evangelism as a long-term endeavor. That's good. Uh, so that was a mouthful, but but evangelism doesn't work right now. You know, generally or how speaking, how we're doing, how it, we're doing it doesn't work because yeah. we're providing these canned responses mm-hmm. that are you know, worth foolishly throwing them into conversations mm-hmm. and we're not taking wisdom into consideration in people's contexts mm-hmm. and their stories and and we're not loving them the right way first. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it reminds me of the church we go to here. Um, they Their motto, I mean, obviously besides leading people in a growing relationship with Christ, what they challenge the church members to invest and invite, invest and mm-hmm. invite. You right. know, and their emphasis is... On That's investing in people, you know, investing in them as an individual. And then yeah. you focus on that first and then you can help it gear towards inviting them to church or, or whatever. And that's know? what Jesus did. You know, the yeah. first and foremost, what Jesus did with every person is he loved them. He, you know, he just, mm-hmm. he, he, he just showed so much and, compassion mm-hmm. and just, yeah, was just present and just loved on people. And then over over you know there was a process in which people became followers right and became his disciples and that's kind of how this uh the the article wraps up it says slow down and practice listening and love most conversions are not the result of a single point in time conversation but the culmination of a personal process that mm-hmm. includes doubt reflection gospel witness love and the work of the holy spirit I just thought that was just yeah, a really solid idea. And like you were saying before, it takes a lot of the pressure off that two minute, this is why I believe it and right. this is why you should too, kind of uh, right. evangelism. Yeah, that's great. That's good. And who wrote that, John Piper? Or it was just on his? It was on Desiring the God. Desiring. It was, it's a, uh, who wrote it? Where I was mm-hmm. like, I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> uh Jonathan Dodson. Okay, so it wasn't John Piper. Pastor of City Life Church in Austin, Texas. An author of the new book, The Unbelievable God, Say Something Hmm. Worth Believing. That sounds like a good read. Cross promo. (laughs) That doesn't benefit us. (laughs) All right, so do you have anything else to add? Yeah, that was good. We will move on to our featured conversation, which is three questions to tell if you are ready for a mission trip. Keep on listening. Questions to tell if you're ready for a mission trip. 
So, like I was saying, it's National T-shirt Month. It's October. <laughs> that <laughs> and, again, huh? <laughs> and this is my second sponsor. No, I'm kidding. Um, and this is the time when it's. It, this is the best time, I should say, uh, time of the year to start thinking about going on a mission mm-hmm. trip. You know, it's great to think about it any time, uh, but. If you start planning now for a 2015 trip, you've got a lot of time to prepare, right. to raise funds, to uh, and to not be stressed trying to get things done in a pinch. Right. Um, so, three questions to tell if you're ready. Let's start considering this now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the answer may, may be simpler than you think. Mm-hmm. So, there are only three questions. What's, but, well, uh-huh. okay, let me, let me, okay. let me frame this the right way, but... Before we ask three questions, there are three questions behind these questions that we should not ask. Okay. Does that make sense or do I yes. need to restart this podcast segment? <laughs> no, I, th- I get it. Okay. I get it. I'm not afraid to hit stop and restart. <laughs> but, um, okay, so there are three questions mm-hmm. you should ask, but there are also three questions not you should ask. definitely not ask. Okay. What's the first question you should not ask before we lead up to the first question that you should ask (laughs) wow okay you shouldn't ask do i have enough time so why shouldn't i ask do i okay so my first question when i'm considering Mm -hmm. a mission trip is usually oh next summer am i gonna have enough time what am i doing next summer why shouldn't i ask this well because you don't know i mean essentially you know um and you gotta make the you gotta make the time i mean you're never gonna have enough time you know what i mean so I didn't have enough time to finish trimming my beard this morning. So like, no, you didn't. The, the idea is the idea behind this is that we we are a terrible we're terrible at time management yeah. and and Not looking me into and the CJ, future. I mean, people in general. Yeah, 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 people in general. We're great at time management, <laughs> but the idea behind this is right. that we're really bad predictors of our time and mm-hmm. like whether or not we're going to have quote unquote enough time to go. Right. So. And tr- when you're thinking about next summer, you might be tempted to think, oh, I've got summer camp or, oh, you know, I don't have that time off from work or, oh, you know, I might need to take a class, so I'm just not going to sign up. Right. When we should be asking what question? You should be asking, am I willing to make it a priority? So that is the yeah. first question you should ask yourself to tell if you're ready to go yep. is, am I willing to make this mission trip a priority? And that means you're going to have to push out other things mm-hmm. like summer camp or you're going to have to take some PTO or pay time off work. Right. Or you or, may not get to go on that beach vacation. Right. You know? It means sacrificing mm-hmm. uh, something else with your time. It means giving up something else. Right. Um, so if you are willing to make a mission trip a priority over some of those other things, We'll move on to the next question because you're Give ready so far. Point. Give yourself one point. You need three <laughs> points to go on a mission trip. Three points. If you answered yes, you're ready to you know to make it a priority. Go ahead and write one point down on your your sheet. Pull yes. over in the car. Write it down. And so, CJ, number two, what question should you not ask yourself? So after I've asked myself, do I have enough time to, to next summer? I'm like, oh, okay, maybe. What right, are the, you, like, the next, 17? The next question is, <laughs> do I have enough money? I don't know. So it doesn't matter if you're in high school or college or if you're a working adult. Money tends to be our greatest personal yes. barrier when it comes yes. to a mission mm-hmm. trip. You know, you, you kind of see the mission trip postings, and it's like $2,000 or $5,000 yeah. or $800, whatever it is. 
any amount when it comes to traveling and going and serving, it's it's usually expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, especially, especially overseas. I mean, let's just be honest. Yeah. So yeah, overseas travel is expensive, and this is the real question that we've you know said we asked, do we have enough money? But what we really mean mm-hmm. is, do I have enough money? <laughs> I'm <tempted laughs> to use my voice again. Do I have enough money to go on this mission trip and still have enough money left over to feel like I didn't actually have to sacrifice much to right. go? Yeah. Does that make sense? That's the truth. That usually... It's can if, I do both? Yeah. Do I have enough money to do both? Yeah. You so know? if you're looking at next summer and you got to rent, you know, it's like, oh man, next summer I want to go on a trip to, you know, South America. It's going to cost $2,000. Mm-hmm. The question is not literally, do I have enough money or can I make enough money between now and next summer, mm-hmm. you know, like eight months from now uh, to go on this trip? It's usually like, okay, like, am I going to... Ha- have that money and still, you know, feel like it didn't have to just sacrifice it all. Right. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So we can get attached to our money in mm-hmm. our bank accounts and that kind of a thing, our checking accounts. Right. And it's just scary to dedicate mm-hmm. such a large chunk of it to a mission trip. So go ahead. Let me just put a little disclaimer. We understand there are some seasons in your life where yeah. financially you may just, it may not be the right time. We get that. That's not, that's right. set aside from what we're talking about. I just want to make sure that's clear. So. Yeah. That, <laughs> fair, fair enough. Well, we can be hard on people because right. we're, we're hard. We're, we're, hard we're, we're, we're in the same boat with you. Right. I'm not asking these questions to you. I'm asking them to us too. Right. Like, like this is something that we have to deal with. Like, mm-hmm. Okay, we have money in the bank. We've got plenty of money to eat on and that kind of a thing. But, you know, we, we're not starving. Mm-hmm. And so now the next choice is like, would I rather see that money in the bank account or would I rather see that money put towards, uh, you know, a new flat screen TV or a vacation or would I rather put right. it towards a mission trip? Like those, those are the types of things that I'm talking about. Right. Um, so the question you should ask is... Am I willing to sacrifice financially to go? So this is question number two. two. Um, Because essentially it is going to, you're going to have to sacrifice something, you mm -hmm. know. Um, And what I have written. Most likely. What I have written down in front of me is, uh, do we need to be uh, financially responsible? Of course we do. You know, God is not calling us to be, you know, irresponsible with our money in order to go on a mission trip. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not calling us to go into debt to go on a mission trip. Um, and you know, of course we're going to fundraise along the way too, but, but you still have to be willing to sacrifice. You know, I think it is very, and this is a topic for another day. It's very, you know, good to not just fundraise, but to contribute to your own trip. And a lot of times we fundraise and then we fill in the gap with whatever we need to, but to say up front, you know, I'm going to fund, you know, I'm going to put $1,000 towards this right. $2,000 trip or to, to this $3,000 trip, whatever it is. Or I'm going to sacrifice my Starbucks every week or whatever right. that I normally get and put that towards What a my, sacrifice. Yeah. Well, you, okay. Such for first world <laughs> sacrifices. You know, it's just a I know. silly example, but you know what I mean. I mean, those are small things that you can sacrifice along the way, though. Yeah, but am I willing to sacrifice financially to go? Mm-hmm. And so that's the question. Again, it means just like the last one, like the last question, you know, it means not going on a summer vacation or it might, 
mean taking some PTO. This is the same kind of thing. It might mean putting off that flat screen TV purchase right. or it might mean that you're not going to go on that vacation, you know? Yep. So what's the third question we should not ask, Terry? The last question. Yep. So assuming that everyone's at playing along points. at home, right. you've got two points. <laughs> you only need one more point. Um, the third not the qu- third question you shouldn't ask is, do I want to go on a mission trip? Why, CJ? Oh. Oh, turning <laughs> uh, the tables. I was, I was looking <laughs> at the recording, making sure that it hadn't glitched out like it was just doing. Um, so why should we not ask if we want to go on a mission trip? So no matter how you look at this question, this is a selfish question, you mm-hmm. know, because we... It, it it just it's a selfish question that really never produces good results. Right. So there are, the possible reactions are, you know, do I want to go on a mission trip? No, because I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave my hometown. I don't want to leave the United States. Right. Or nah, I I don't do well with long plane flights, so <laughs> I I don't do those mission right. trips. Or you know I I don't want to sleep there or sleep on the floor. I don't want to eat that food. I, yeah. Curry doesn't go well with my uh-huh. my <laughs> As we've already established. Right, exactly. But so there are there are those reactions, but even if you answer, Do I want to go on a mission trip? Yes. Even that's not necessarily a healthy response just because uh, because it reveals again selfish motives that maybe yeah, I wanna go because I wanna travel or I wanna get to know that certain guy or girl or yeah, I wanna go because, mm-hmm. you know, it's gonna make me feel like a really good Christian. That, you know, if you're just constantly you know, looking inward if I want to go. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay to want to go, but there's a better question. There is. And what is it? It's, does God want me to go on a mission trip? Does God right. want me to go on a mission right. trip? Right. Which yep. is, I mean, pretty obvious. And, I mean, again, it's it's not a bad thing. Obviously, if you if you want to go, that's great. Yeah. You know, that's a desire in you. But the thing you got to focus on is, okay, God, is this what you're calling me to in this season? You know, it, are you wanting me to go right now on this and trip? And you said it's an obvious question, yeah. but it's not one we usually ask, at least until the end. Usually, it's it follows this pattern. Do mm-hmm. I have enough time? Do I have enough money? Uh, is this something I want to do? Right. Do I have a, you know, what's my friends going to think? You know, it's like, then it's, oh yeah, does God want me to go? Is this part of his plan for my life? It's usually right. way down the list. Right. And we need to ask this question first, really. I should probably... Should have rewritten this, but it's a question we need to ask first. Yeah, Yeah, and that's true. And in light of that, you know, in light of that question of does God want me to go, I I think that can, you know, kind of mask some of the other concerns you may or may not have, you know. That's true. So, um, or it puts, it just puts things into perspective, so. So it, it takes... And it takes the, what I have written in front of me, it takes the focus off of our plans for us mm-hmm. and puts it on God's plan for us. Right. So my plan for me next summer would be to, you know, lounge around, go on vacation. And, you know, it's just like it takes it takes you away from that mindset right. and focuses it on what what's God's plan for me? What's God's plan mm-hmm. for my, you know, my community and that kind of a right. thing? Yeah, Anyways, that's good. So... To sum it up, the wrong questions lead to dead ends pretty much every time. You know, Mm -hmm. you're too busy. You don't have enough money. You hate bugs. Mm -hmm. You hate long plane flights. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe next year I'll, maybe next year we we tell ourselves, right? (laughs) Right. But the right questions can open the door for God to do incredible things in you and through you. 
So are you so. ready? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so I guess my question to probe would just be, you know, what, what question is holding you back the most? Which one of those three elements, um, you know, is, is keeping you from pursuing what, what's, uh, what you think God might want you to do? So you can let us know by leaving a comment on Facebook or tweeting at us at Prep My Mission or by telling your mom, whatever you want to do. Your mom will tell us. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our listener question for the month. Our listener question this month comes from Julia uh, from New Jersey, uh, and she asks, is it okay to leave gifts with locals on the last day of my mission trip? So this is, this, is a, this is a question that we'll have to address more in depth uh, on, on another podcast. I've already got it kind of in line mm. a little bit, but this is a deep question yeah. just because it deals a lot with... You know, handouts versus teaching people how to be sustainable and that kind of a thing. But let's give a two-minute version. Okay. So what do you think? Well, my my opinion is... Um, and I'm assuming she says gifts, but right. uh, people, I guess people like to leave their t-shirts, t-shirts or their shoes or, or, like that. or soccer balls, whatever. Right. But Well, my opinion is I don't see a problem with leaving things like that. Um, however... I don't think that you should give them to an individual or, you know, one family. You know, I, I think you should find it the organization in the area or maybe even the organization you served with while you were there and leave it for them to distribute mm-hmm. as needed, you know. Um, so you don't, so you have to do it the right way. Right. So I, I just, yeah, I think there's a right way to go about it and a wrong way or a wise way and a not so wise way right yeah i mean there's definitely a place for giving and there's a place for generosity and just handing stuff out to to the people that need them you know i mean that's definitely biblical it's serving and just Mm -hmm. like taking care of people's needs but um it sometimes it's not the best to have to hand it out yourself right because one it makes um, you know, if you're a white person and you're in Africa and you're, you know, among a lot of black people and you hand out stuff and people notice that, it does a couple of things. One, it can send the message that white people are here to hand out stuff, right. which is not true. Yeah. Um, and two, this is something I just thought of um, that I learned when I was, I, you know, just in my time being there is that it can be dangerous mm-hmm. that yeah. when you hand something to a child in need, and, you know, and we're using extreme, extreme examples here. I know this is an extreme scenario. Uh, you hand something, you know, like a couple of soccer balls or, you know, whatever. And then you leave. You don't know what happened to that kid after you left when all of his friends who noticed that you gave that to him knows that he's got a couple of brand new soccer balls. Right. And guess what? I'm bigger than that kid. I'm going to go get myself a soccer ball. Right. You know That's what I mean? That's a good point. Very good that point. You feel good about giving right. stuff, but you don't know what happens after you leave. Right. So just going back to what you were saying, if you've got the heart to give something, that's great. Let's talk to your trip leader or let's talk to the organization you're going through and right. find out, hey, is there a way that I can give this to you guys to give mm-hmm. uh, in an effective way? Uh, in a way that's not going to harm the community, that's not going to right. send the message that white people are just here to hand out stuff or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, 
Yeah, this, those are great points. So that would be, it, it is okay. You have to do it the right way. Right. Hey, it rhymes. <laughs> okay, just do it the right way. And we'll talk about that more in the future, I think. But anyways, if you have a question that you'd like answered or you just like our opinion on, you can email us just like Julia did uh, by emailing podcast at preparemymission.com. You can also tweet your questions. We answer those throughout the week anyways um, on our Twitter account. But let's just roll right on into what's happening on the website. Um, a couple of new things and a couple of big things. Like our sponsor message, uh, mm. if you remember that. Yes. We national have, T-shirt month. Yeah. It's National T-shirt month. Just <laughs> I wonder if there really is National T-shirt month. I think month. there is. I'll have to look it up. Um we have a new t-shirt. It's called the World Tea. Uh, and it's up on the website right now. If you just go to the homepage, you know, you'll see it there. It's yeah. You know how websites work. Um, and we recorded a video for it. And it's not just a video about the shirt, but it's a video that's designed to inspire you and encourage you. Mm-hmm. Um, but the world tea is just all about, like we were saying earlier, uh, it says into all the world across the chest. And it's about taking the focus off of ourselves mm-hmm. uh, and putting it where where Jesus' focus was, and it's the mm-hmm. world and loving the world. So cool. you can go check that out. Um, and then the other big thing is we just released our 2015 mission trip prep guide, and I revamped it for this year. If you downloaded the 2014 version, it's similar, but I've added a lot more information, a lot more uh, tweaked the spiritual prep questions, fine-tune those, added a lot more information about things like vaccinations and kind of, uh, again, just the steps you need to get get going. Mm-hmm. Um, while last year's was more just the packing stuff and a few prep questions, and that was kind of it. So it's a little bit more comprehensive. Uh, and if you go to preparemymission.com slash 2015-2015, it'll take you to that page, and you can put in your email address, and then we'll send you a download link. We'll also, if you do that, add you to our new weekly encouragement email list. Um, And I mentioned this last month too, but it's a once a week email on Wednesday morning with just one sentence of encouragement. And, you know, I just really believe that a huge step in, in having an effective mission trip starts with being encouraged to go in the first place. Mm. Um, That, you know, in my story and in probably in your yours too, uh, you know, there was a point when someone encouraged me to go, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't just wake up and decide, you know what, I'm going to be mission minded, you know, yeah. like I was encouraged to go. I was inspired to go. I was like, you know, and, uh, so I think that's a huge, being encouraged is a catalyst for going. Right. So you can check that out. Uh, if you add yourself to our, if you download the prep guide, you'll be added to that email list. You can unsubscribe at any time if you don't like to be encouraged. <laughs> Um, or you can just scroll down to the bottom of any page and add yourself to our weekly encouragement list. And, and that's it. We've got some other cool stuff coming in the future, but I can't talk about those yet. (laughs) Um, that's it for the October episode of the podcast. We will have another podcast for you during the first week of November. And who knows, maybe we'll be podcasting from not our apartment. Yes. I think we'll have a podcast during the first month of November. It's going to, we may end up doing one more here and then doing another one when we move. But depending on how things work out, we may end up podcasting from a new home where we won't be 
you know, have one foot in the laundry room and one foot in the living room. <laughs> um, so that's it. So thanks for listening. Uh, don't forget to support the podcast by checking out our brand new t-shirt. Uh, and you can find the show notes for this podcast, like the links to the articles we were talking about. You can also find previous episodes of the podcast at preparemymission.com slash podcast. Finally, if you visit preparemymission.com, you'll find links to our Facebook, our Twitter, our Pinterest, our Instagram. And these are places where you can connect with us and be encouraged all month long, not just once a month on the podcast. Um, But we love hanging out with you all and we love uh, following and keeping up with what everyone's doing. Um, And tweet at us, you know, and tag us. It encourages us to keep doing what we're doing too. So with that, until next time, I'm CJ. And I'm Karen. And thank you very much for listening.